Hello and welcome to another episode of Lore Dump, the show where we take somebody who hasn't explained a game or game franchise. Hasn't explained a game or game franchise? I'm drunk. I'm adult juiced. So we're doing Lore Dump. Uh, We're explaining games to people who haven't played them. We just did Alan Wake. Neil and Chase have not done Alan Wake. I am joined by Neil. Hi. Chase. Hello. They did it the wrong way around. It's the other one's the other one, the other one's the other one. The American one is Chase and the Scottish one is Neil. I'm the other Scottish one. I am Monty and I'm presenting the episode today. I think that I'm Monty. Monty's American. (laughs) We've had a very long day. We are on our G's Louise. uh, Three. Nine. We're on hour nine of recording right now. Um, so we've covered a fair few stuff today, uh, but we have just finished up with Alan Wake, and we are now moving officially into the DLC and the expansions and the meta chat. We so still got the ellipsis on screen, which makes it feel like a very nice transition yeah. into the DLC. We both, we both quite liked Alan Wake, didn't we? I did! Mm. Um, I, I keep getting told it's not a game that I would finish, and given the fact that I got an hour into Control and never finished that, mayhaps it's yeah. correct. Um, but I really like the story, and I think I, I mentioned this in one of our breaks to Monty that it feels like something that I'd be really invested in if it was a TV show. Yeah. But I'm not always into the gameplay of these types, so I might not game it. Mm. But which is why been... Lore Dump is mwah, very good. <laughs> what I will say is that Remedy, the dev studio behind, and Sam Lake, the creative director of Alan Wake, uh, have been desperate to turn this into a television show. For years. HBO picked it up, dropped it. Apparently they picked it up again, and it's currently in a bit of a stalemate. So we're finding out more information. We think Last of Us might give it a bit of a pump. I think that uh, Netflix should pick it up, and they should do it like they did Resi. No. I sit in the controversial zone of I actually liked the Resi TV show. The controversial zone of being probably the only person on the planet (laughs) that thinks that's good aside from the creator TV. Because... Don't no, no, you're the only person I know who didn't like it. I, no, but, it's but, sheer but, garbage. Well, and I will... The big difference is, of everybody I've asked, you're the only one who's a Resi game fan. So I feel like it, it's, it was really popular with non-fans. It was not popular with the, fans. The Resi game stories are bad. Let's, I love the Resi games to bits, but the games are the stories are bad. However, A, there's, no, 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 a, there's a great way to do them, and B... The Resi game stories are bad, but the Netflix TV show is worse, and that says a lot about the Netflix TV show. I don't want to watch Lance Reddick being weird clone brothers. I really liked Alan Wake. Alan Wake was good, because I love Alan Wake. And I had some thoughts at the end of it that we didn't get to, but you want me to save those for our little... What what do you have? Well, Stephen King was what came to mind very... And I mentioned it very early in the last episode. Everyone should go back and listen to the last one before this, because this Mm. is just going to be a disaster. Um, Yeah. Stephen King gets name dropped a couple of times. Obviously, it's so heavily influenced by Stephen King. He's the last writer's name that gets mentioned. And I've not read everything exhaustively by Stephen King, but I've read enough of it to know that there are sort of layers within, there are layers of meta within Stephen King's writing to the extent that Stephen King is a character in Stephen King's books. Mm -hmm. Stephen King is a sort of prophesized character within Stephen King's writing with all the Dark Tower and that stuff. Again, I've not read all of them. And that is very fucking Alan Wake from what we've just seen, right? Of, like, writing his own story, writing himself to be a part of it, being tempted by the darkness. And that's all so Stephen King. The levels of of reality in it are really interesting. And I think to the extent we get, like, 
the TV show within the within the uh, the TV interview within the game where it's the real actor that plays him playing him. It's all very interesting. I like. All I that think stuff. the uh, I would like you to hold on to that Dark Tower comparison, and we will talk about it another day. Okay, but cool. not today because it's a very interesting comparison. Uh, do you want to do you want to have control over when I say that? I would. <laughs> okay. So we're, we're going to jump straight in with the DLC And we're going to be covering the DLC There's two episodes of DLC, they're both very short And um, Alan Wake's American Nightmare Hang on, hang on yeah. is, that, is Alan Wake's American Nightmare not DLC? Technically it's DLC, but it was, it's an expansion That's what oh, it was, okay. it was sold as its own piece So the DLC is, is like an hour each And then the expansion it's is sort that, of, yeah. right, okay So <clears throat> there were two bonus episodes called specials Bear in mind that Alan Wake, the game, is whole shtick was episodes, TV episodes. I don't think I told you this before, but um, each episode would have a little previously on Alan Wake. But when you booted it up, so you would find out what happened so far. It was very like influenced like by structuring yeah, yourself as a TV show. Um, thankfully, they released it as one big fat game. They didn't do like a Telltale style thing because that would have been shit. But the way they did it, it was very because fun. Telltale is shit. No wrong, but um, the rest the in peace. yeah, rest in peace. But the, the so these two pieces of DLC were called specials, Alan Wake specials. They take place right after the end of the game. So we are about to find out what happens after the ellipsis. So, let's start with DLC 1. The Signal. So is this for all intents and purposes, episode 7 and 8? Yes. Okay. okay. So we see a panning shot of Bright Falls. It's night, but not a clear crystal nighttime. A smoky, hazy darkness cloaks the town. We hear Alan's voice. After the completion of any difficult undertaking, there are mixed emotions. Accomplishment and relief, sadness, depression. But for a while, everything was about the work. You locked yourself away from the world to do it and now you need to recover. Learn to live without it. Find a way to crack open the door and let the light back in. We see Alan enter a diner called Bright's Diner. It's not Alan. I knew this place. It was familiar, but wrong somehow. Where he finds Rose. She beams at him and says, Welcome to the Marmorer. So that's straight up how she speaks. Uh, so he's like, Welcome to the Marmorer. Would you like a cup of Marmorer? Like, it's, it's almost like she's glitching out a little bit. Alan works through the diner and he sees shadows, ghosts, memories of the start of the game. Rusty talking about how your heart will break if you have to leave the diner. Suddenly giving you context with the fact that Rose is the woman serving him, it's not the coffee he was here for. The Anderson brothers asking for Alan's help with the jukebox. Um, he marches through and as he does their words distort, again that rah, 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 sort of sound. It's like, it's like the uh, like the Charlie Brown is it the parents in Charlie Brown, they go rah, 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 like you can't understand what they're saying. So, except this time, when Alan gets to the back of the diner, Barbara, Barbara Jagger Barbara. isn't Barbara. Barbara Jagger isn't waiting for him. He enters the bathroom, and the tiles flicker with static. We hear Thomas Zane's voice. Alan, listen to me. Don't go any deeper. You're losing yourself. You need to focus. I can't hear you, but please, you're the one making all of this happen. Concentrate. An eyeball flickers on screen. Oh, and we hear Alan screaming. Nightmares, too deep, can't stop, it's too much. The screen shifts and we see a leering, grinning version of Alan who says, Suddenly, Wake found himself face to face with himself. Day becomes night. Suddenly the door was smashed off its hinges and Wake had to fight for his life. Alan realises that he's locked in the dark place. 
Something had gone wrong after he finished departure, and somehow he is narrating the events of the story. No manuscripts this time, just his own voice, yelling at him from TV screens. So we fight our way out of the diner and see trees growing out of concrete. Bright Falls is transformed into a forest. The town itself is almost, it's being, again, eaten. It's been numbed. Been numbed by the forest. <laughs> so some gameplay later where you fight some Taken. Oh my god, we're done with lakes. It's all about forests now. So crunchy, it's a, crunchy forests. And every level you wander through the lake to fight the shadows. <laughs> oh. It's a school of fish this time. It's coming for you. Ooh. Anyhow, so some gameplay later, Alan finds a phone, and it rings, and Thomas Zane comes through. Uh, You're going too deep, he says again. The dark place is trying to trick you. Follow the signal. You must face yourself, he says. So, Alan follows the GPS on his phone. But another screen pops into life. It's other Alan. He's back. The town itself turns... Is this other Alan as in Scratch? Um, It's just other Alan. He's, He's a man on a screen yelling at Alan Wake and screaming at him. The town itself turned against Wake. Cars flowing towards him, it says. Eager to crack bone and crush muscle, it oozed hate. It wanted to bury him. Gar, cars and lorries throw themselves at Alan, but he keeps fighting on with GPS signal shifting and shifting and shifting like the town. The world is trying to stop him from getting to where he needs to go. Fighting on and reaching Bright Falls Playground, another interruption from another Alan on screen. This time, the voice doesn't sound scared, it sounds nasty. The playground wakes pathetic memories of the wonder years and the contrary little boy pretending he didn't miss his father he never knew. It surged up and it beat Wake down, merry-go-rounds and slides, eager to cave in his head. Alan calls him an asshole and rumbles forward. And he's just like, asshole, and he just keeps going. But does he punch it? Doesn't punch it. Yeah. I, 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 I'm realizing in this moment, he's not punched anybody in a while. No. Wild. Not in a while. He should have punched the darkness. So I, I'm inferring at this point, and I know you're not going to tell me one way or another, but we can assume this is Scratch on the other side, who we it was inferred was going to take his place, trying to keep him in the darkness by narrating him, you know, narrating Alan in a way that he has to stay there. Alan calls him an asshole and rumbles forwards, <laughs> finding words glimmering like light. He uses his torch to make them real, lights up the one that says, friend. Oh, see? Other Alan is a friend. Oh. Barry appears, slightly translucent and see-through. Ghost Barry. Hey, hey, bestseller. Looking good. You, you're not real? Alan says, yeah, no shit, what gave me away? The see-through thing? I'm a figment of your imagination, like everything here. Maybe even you. Hey, have a slice of pizza. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, he does. He, when he pops into life, he does go, he goes, yowza, as he appears, and it's great. Um, so, yeah, uh, Alan's like, that's insane, but Barry cuts him off immediately. Yeah, you're right. Everything that happened before made perfect sense, but this is insane. Good catch. <laughs> so, he's so wacky. Anywho, he's I'm, a wacky, crazy guy. <laughs> I'm here to help you out. You need to get a grip, all right? You need to do what Zane tells you. He's been here for ages. He's like the exploit. Barry joins <laughs> out. 
He's even worse than he was before. I'm sorry. It's his ghost version. I get it. Yeah, he's, he's like Nega Barry. Yeah, right? it's it's yeah. it's Alan's memory of Barry. <laughs> <laughs> so Barry joins Al as he journeys through the woods. Uh, we need a, we need a comic relief, right? Uh, fighting taken, finding more TVs that rip into Alan, calling his work trash, calling him a coward, describing ways he's going to die. The huge. Um, as we move forward, Barry starts to be a little more. Just the comment section. <laughs> so as we move forward ba Barry starts to be like a wee bit more like passive aggressive to him um, he's like Whoa. see this is the way things should be I give advice and you follow that's when things go right when you get up to things on your own that's when trouble starts brewing so Alan's looking out for a shifting landscape, telephone poles growing in a forest, trees bursting through concrete and Barry is like this is weird, man. You're weird, and you gotta be careful. Imagination can be the enemy here. Alan is like, but you're for my imagination. And Barry shuts that down straight away. He's like, do yourself a favor. Do not pursue that train of thought any further. And that's the end of that conversation. Oh. So the pair of them reach the old sawmill. The GPS goes haywire. This is where the signal has been leading them. He breaks into the sawmill and sees a memory. Alice and Alan at a photo shoot for his final book. Alice is taking his picture and is like, you look too nice. You kill off Alex Casey in this book. You want to look a little dangerous, like a murderer. <laughs> and Alan hears Alice's voice, loving conversations that they had in the past, and his heart aches. He knows he saved her, but he doesn't know how long ago that was. Days, weeks, months. Also, how did he save her? Wow. Because he, he wrote at the end of it, he rewrote it so that she washed out of the the lake, and he got trapped down there. Because because. But how does that follow the rules? Well, this is the question. Because who saved Alice? Was it Alan? Also, what happened to Alice? Well, she. Where she, was she the whole time? She, she, she took on, the on place, the took the place of of like the same way that Barbara went. Was it Barbara? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The same way that Barbara went down back in the day in the seventies, and. Her man tried to lazily write her, write her way out of it. She took that place when the darkness came back up. And Alan dived. Alan almost like rewrote the story to be a point where he dives into the darkness, and a new reality is born from that. One where he is locked in the dark place where he is right now, and Alice is out there, searching for her husband, wondering what happened to him. Uh, and but he's locked in the dark place. He's locked in the lake. He's physically in another reality. And he rescues Alice. But again, it raises the question of like, was that Alan? Maybe it was Mr. Scratch that saved Alice. I my biggest you know? is, what are the rules? Why is that okay? Because everything makes sense. Because how, how, how see, because then the thing or is, Barbara was dead. Why is Barbara dead from falling in a lake? But Alice is not dead from falling in a lake. No, you're, you're right. And to, to be fair, actually, I think the more important question... And why can you write one back, but you can't write the other back? Well, this is, this well is, because, because Thingy wrote it back lazily, didn't he? Well, I but what makes, what makes uh, Alan's way the correct well, way? Well, you've hit, you hit the nail on the head there, Chase. Nothing. And Alan is being punished for it. Alan is, Alan's game ends with him being locked in the dark place. Alan's story isn't over. Alan takes a cheap route. 
He undoes the story to save his wife. He does a Thomas Zane. He, he, he's better because he, th- th- his story makes much more sense. He doesn't just write a unicorn and a deus ex machina into it. But it comes with the majority of the story is better. But the ending still weak. So Alan is... Well, stuck why is that here. weak? That's why he's stuck here. Because he re- goes, uh, and actually in the end, I jumped into the lake. That, feels, that feels quite Hero's Journey. No. What? He, he turns back time magically. Time travel hasn't been a thing that's been established okay. in this universe. Okay. But again, so she is dead then. Mm. No, she's not. Because he goes back in time when he saves her. No, 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 no. But you've been saying that she was trapped in the darkness. Not that she was dead. Yeah, she's been trapped in the darkness. Alan okay. goes back in time. So if he was trapped in the darkness, mm-hmm. what what's wrong with saving her? Nothing's wrong with saving her. It's the means of saving her that's the problem. Alan literally just undoes her being dead eaten by the darkness by being trapped there she's trapped there for at least two weeks alan says no you were trapped there for 15 minutes whoosh pull you out i take your place yeah so why is that not a why is that not a valid way to save her well it is it's 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 a valid way to save her it's just a little bit cheap what is the correct way to save her it needs to be something that has narrative structure that the dark, that the, the call, that the late. I feel like taking her place has narrative structure. Well, no, and you could absolutely argue that. And I agree with you to that. And this, we're getting into real theory territory here. the fact that she had been gone for two weeks and then all of a sudden it was like, oh no, actually she wasn't gone for two I weeks. She was gone for 10 minutes. I thought she washed up after he jumped in. So like two weeks later during Deerfest. What we see at the very Reality end of the was rewritten is... so that it was, yeah. Really important to note, Chase, that what we see is we see Alan jump in after her like he did at the start of the game. And what happens as soon as he jumps in is, boom, Alice comes up. Alan goes in, Alice uh... comes up. So right now what we're experiencing is Alan goes in, gets trapped by the darkness where he's writing the story. Because it's another reality, basically, the leak, right? Dark Presence swallows him, sticks, spits him into another version of Cauldron Lake Lodge. He's oh, writing a story, okay. and he has essentially woken up from this so or whatever. Okay, so we re- okay. That makes more sense. I was under the impression that she came out after he jumped in two weeks later, right before Tear. No, no, like no. He, he, reality. So yeah. all that, all that stuff never happened in a way. The stuff oh, that happened in the game. Okay. This, this, everything that's happening to Alan. This is him trying to find a way out of the darkness. Right. This is him being like, this is me trying to f- magically find this perfect ending that the lake likes and and the, 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 that the lake you know, likes. Well, you want one what the does the lake like? like? One that makes the magic work that the dark presence can get behind. You know, something that follows the narrative structure that it previously established. Don't worry too much about it. I think more right you're asking right. questions that I think hopefully will be explicitly explained. Again, we're getting into theory territory with that. None of that is explicitly explained. So regardless, he comes across a memory. Alice has taken his picture. It's for his final book. Look at this. And he's, he hurt, it hurts to watch that, right? He misses her. He misses his wife. He knows he saved her, but he, he realizes he doesn't know how long this is. Can I just, again, and I don't want to derail us. I love in this scene, the, the way, and it's just a nice little piece of art direction. Um, basically, for anyone w- listening along, we've got uh, Alan is watching this kind of faded memory as if it's happening in front of him, but translucent, and it's his wife, Alice, taking a picture of him on a sort of background, as you would for a writer's book, and he's shining his torch on it. Mm-hmm. And behind Alan, because of the torch, there are two shadows. So it looks like there are two Alans behind him. And oh. I really love that as a little bit of art direction in this in this scene of all scenes. Really like that. Very cool. I do, I, I do Both that. looking different ways really like it so regardless he sees the memory is hurt by he doesn't know how long it's been it could be years we literally do not know no answer is given as to how long it's in the dark place yeah, it's kind of no time right no time no space kind of weirdness yeah. like is it like a minute in here is a year in the real world we don't know so yeah. 
Then the world warps and he arrives in his New York apartment once again and he sees Thomas Zane still floating around in his diver suit. <laughs> in like, his Pixar diver yeah, suit. Yeah, it really is quite <laughs> Pixar, isn't it? And it's like, good, we can talk here. He casts, he casts our eyes to a television screen that flickers with pictures of Alan. Darkness. Darkness coming, Alan says. Swept him away. Lost. He knew. He knew. He couldn't hold on. He knew there was no way out. Alan is like, uh, nope, I'm right here. That's not me. I, I don't know what that is. An echo, a hallucination. Dark Presence did this. Can you be clear for once and stop speaking in riddles? And Zane is like, no, 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 no. This is not the Dark Presence. Very clearly not the Dark Presence. It has not done any of this. This is you. You are making this happen. You are trapped in your own nightmares. You are losing yourself, and as a result, you are fighting yourself. Well, that goes with the theory then that we that, that the lake isn't the dark presence, that the lake is something else. Because he's trapped in the lake. It is he's he's mm -hmm. he's he's trapped in his own mind in the lake or whatever. But if this isn't the dark presence, the lake is sort of independently magic then, right? Totally fair. The TV screen shifts again. The Alan on screen grins. Wake didn't understand. He could never make it. He would never wake up. It's like, is that's very much how he speaks. It's weird. It's disjointed. It's like they've taken a hundred takes and they've stitched them together. Um, it's like, he would never wake up. He's got swallowed up by the rising tide of darkness. It was coming. It was coming. The darkness wasn't so bad. It was in him. He felt it. He knew the voice spoke the truth. It was just too hard to think. Zane is like, Alan, you need to calm down. But the world warps again and he vanishes from the room. All of the TVs shake and warble, coming together to form an insane vision of Alan Wake. And it's very difficult for me to get a proper, I don't have a proper picture of this because it's impossible to catch it. But you see a central TV screen here. Imagine five around it. You got like eyes in them and mouth and stuff. Like it's like parts of his face him, right. split across the, the TV screens. I wonder if when maybe it's literal and that would make sense you're trapped here of your own volition kind of thing you need to figure out a way to mental strength your way out of your own brain or whatever but i wonder if when zane says you're the one doing this he means you as in scratch the other you you're the one doing this really want you to focus on the concept that not the dark presence alan yeah you are doing this yeah. okay yes is is scratch the dark presence we don't know what Scratch is. All Scratch know... was introduced to us by Zane. Zane yeah. knew who Scratch was. Zane is the only person who knows what Scratch yeah. is. Clearly didn't think it was the Dark Present, because otherwise he would have gone, Oh God, no! There's a Dark Presence here going out into the world. Yeah. So presumably not. Okay. Scratch is an enigma that I believe will be explained. And I hope will be explained. Uh, and regardless, so... You fight basically five TV screens, right? They throw things at you, <laughs> that, yeah. And as you do it, they're screaming at you, and they're going, they're, but, but they're like, ah, and as you do it, it, the voice is less nasty and more sad and confused and scared. It's Alan Wake having a breakdown. That's what you're witnessing in these screens. What good was fighting it? Why had everyone abandoned him? He was alone. He was always going to be alone from now. He wouldn't escape this place. Why? Why was he here? The screen screams. It screams so loud that Alan screams too. He collapses. And he awakens once again in Dr. Hartman's lodge. God. <laughs> Sick of it. Hartman is like, 
You're delusional again. Lucio. Punches him. <laughs> <laughs> stay here. Stay in my lodge. He shifts out of the room, leaving Alan surrounded by like a cult. Pages. Yeah, very culty. Stay in my lodge. <laughs> and Alan, and we, and the last shot we have of the signal. This is the end of that first bit of DLC. Oh, is yeah. I told you they're fast. Is is the camera panning out of the room, out of the window, as we watch Alan in the fetal position on the floor, moaning to himself, "No way out." No way out! And as it, it leaves the lodge and it goes in the distance, you hear him muffled, screaming at the top of his lungs, No way out! Cuts to black. Credits. Okay. And then we move on. So, okay. DLC number two. I am going to straight up state right now, it's not explicit, but I am giving a trigger warning here for suicidal thoughts and suicidal tendencies. Cool. Really important, if you are listening to this, uh, it is not explicit, but please don't. This is a very difficult one, I think. If you've, if if if, if that is yeah. a trigger for you, so and we'll and we'll and we'll put in a, a timestamp for the next DLC starting. Hundred percent. So yeah. if you want to skip this bit, and if I'm being frank, at the risk of spoiling things for Neil and Chase, if you are sitting here going, "But I really want to know what happens next," it's not that important, guys. Yeah. This really isn't that important. What's about to happen? Cool. So okay, it's just it's nice, interesting Alan Wake character stuff. So special two, the writer. There, there, Hartman says. You've been making it up. His face shifts into Barry's. Really, Wake, Barry says. Your delusions are out of control. Seriously, Al, you need to get a grip. You know reality's different here. Reality shifts again. Barry and Alan are outside Hartman's clinic. They try to fight through the countryside, reaching the Anderson Brothers' farm. You'll notice we're replaying beats, but everything's just a little bit warped. Uh, so yeah, cue another gauntlet, just like that rock stage. But the music of the old gods is ho- it's horrible and twisted. This isn't a power fantasy moment of fighting on a rock stage. It's it's a really quite upsetting sequence where it's like the music is like so originally the song was like Children of the Elder God, whereas this one was like Children of the It's like it's it's not even imagined heavy metal. It's just horrific sounds. So and you're fighting to that. It's arrhythmic. It's a nightmare. So you fight through it. Blah blah blah. Kill some t- uh, taken. All good and well. Um. And a bright light suddenly cuts to the darkness. Thomas Zane has returned. Barry is like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess you need to talk to Zane now since he's actually here. I'm going to, you know, let you non-imaginary people talk in peace. And he vanishes. I thought he said to not say that he was imaginary. Well, exactly. Uh, Zane, yeah. It's <laughs> a good point. It doesn't matter. Look, he's a projection of Alan's imagination. How regularly is your imagination that correct, <laughs> you know, unstable. Um, so Zane is like, you've done well, Alan. Now I can accompany you. You are trapped in your own dream. You must wake yourself up. But first, you have to reach yourself. You are going to face yourself, the parts of your mind that are hard to control. Your previous work can help you. I still have pages from your manuscript. Works like that have power here. Zane drops another manuscript page. The words become rocks a pathway leading to a lighthouse and at the very end when it was like the clicker were two words and alan lit it up that kind of happens again and he lights his way right as alan works towards the lighthouse he wonders if zane is even human anymore he's clearly been trapped in the dark place for so long so what does he become the path eventually leads up up into the clouds hang on how is zane here i didn't think we were in the dark place i honestly shrug um, there's, I feel like there's got to be an explanation I'm not okay. not explicitly given um, it could just be again Zane could be an imaginary person yeah. that Alan doesn't think is you know this is some really cool 
design whatever we're looking at here it almost looks glitched out yeah you, you yeah well 100 and it really is it's an example of like it almost looks like assets have glitched out of time yeah, it's yeah. very cleverly done so uh, so alan wonders about zane uh, the path eventually leads up up into the clouds and fog he uses the words to form a bridge by bringing debris rubble and walkways into life he's not even sure he's heading for the lighthouse anymore tvs appear randomly now haphazardly shrieking not even lucid not even pretending that things are normal just eyeballs creaking out of tv screens Wake was forced to run through a maze, hopelessly sprinting in the wheel, never getting anywhere, his life in miniature. Suddenly, an elevator appears. Alan gets in it. He jams a button and is like, next stop, Sani. Zane's voice reassures him. You're doing well, keep going. This is a dream, a vast place, home to beings and forces that are completely alien. I don't know what happened to the Dark Presence after your final encounter. Sometimes transmissions can be sent between worlds. You've done this yourself, but to actually leave the Dark Place? I haven't found a way. Basically, the best you can hope for is regaining your sanity, and then you can hang out here with me. <laughs> Straight up, he's like, Ugh. I need a like, pal. Yeah, like, I need a pal. Somehow I managed to stay sane down here, but currently you're losing it, like, and you're warping this corner of the dark place, is kind of what he's saying. So, you represent the part of Island Wake that is capable of rational thought and planning, Thomas Zane says. That is why I'm talking to you. If that part can regain control, then you can have a chance of making it. But there's another part of you, a part that wants to give in. There's comfort in the oblivion of dreams. You represent the part that isn't ready to quit and die. Alan is like, wait, are you telling me I'm, I'm not real? And Zane says, you're as real as anything else in this place. So there's two of me? And Zane's like, yes. Alan says, and the one you call Mr. Scratch, he's me as well. And Zane is like, no. Alan is as frustrated as we are at that reply, because that doesn't make any sense. Uh, so he's like, Zane, are you playing some kind of game with me? But Thomas Zane just keeps talking in riddles. I am not the author of your story, he says. Alan is like, how can you say that when you wrote that page about me and the clicker? It wasn't one of my pages. You directed me to it. You had Cynthia Weaver guard it. And Zane stumbles a little bit at that. He's like, yes, she was needed. And you needed the clicker, but I am not. Alan's like, I don't understand you. And Zane is like, look, man, just keep going and vanishes. So again, my interpretation really of this, if I'm being completely frank with you, is not really Thomas Zane. Not the Thomas Zane from the original game. It's a, it's Alan's version of him and imagination of him. It's my interpretation of it uh, because he has no answers. Alan reaches the lighthouse where Dr. Hartman is waiting. And what I would say is that this is where the trigger warning is important. Mm -hmm. Suicidal tendencies um, here. Okay. He sat, he finds himself talking to Dr. Hartman. Uh, he sat opposite one of the TV screens, a silent image of Alan playing. Hartman is essentially having a therapy session with the TV screen, which is Alan, the broken Alan that has been screaming to him the entire game. Since we're being so frank here, Alan, and let me reiterate how happy I am that you've had this breakthrough, I would like to summarize your condition, Hartman says. Let me know if you think I'm being unfair. TV Alan is like, okay, that sounds reasonable. And Hartman says... Untreated head trauma, 
I think the injury has affected you more than you realise. Then there's the history of chronic insomnia and history of substance abuse. You're existing in a state of all-encompassing denial. Your vivid fantasy casts you as a heroic victim, allowing you to skirt responsibility for your own actions. You're a bad person, Alan. Oh. TV Alan is like, huh, you know what, Doc? That does sound pretty true. I am a piece of worthless shit, undeserving of love. Hartman replies, you know what else? I've been talking with Alice and I think there's something she'd want you to hear. And a tape recorder plays in it's Alice's voice. And Alice says, quote, all I ever wanted was to help you, Alan. I ate everything you handed out and tried to understand your pathetic, wealthy, white male drama until my life consisted of managing your never-ending crisis. I hate you for your childish temper, your arrogance, your self-indulgent pride that undermined all efforts to drag you out of the hole you insisted on digging for yourself. I hate you for leaving me in the dark with this insane monster. All you had to do was act like a loving human being for once in your life and stay with me. If your dramatic exit hadn't been more important than making sure I was all right, this would have never happened. She would have never taken me. I don't know where you are, and I don't want to know, because the only thing that keeps me from killing myself is the hope that I will never see you again. Hartman vanishes. The TV screen disappears. Alan grits his teeth and thinks that even if it is true, even if she never wants to see him again, it doesn't matter. He saved her. She's alive. And that's all that matters now. At last, Alan reaches the lighthouse, his destination, where the signal was. He's finally made it. The nightmare comes full circle. He climbs the stairs, opening a trapdoor and arriving at the cabin on Cauldron Lake. But he's not alone. Barry's here. Because honestly, everything's been a little bit too heavy and we need to lift things back up a wee bit. So, feeling kind of depressed here, Al, says Barry. So Zane's your new buddy now? I feel kind of abandoned. Alan is like, you're not even real. And Barry's like, doesn't mean I don't have feelings. The thing is, you need to start thinking rationally, right? Abandon your fantasies. Well, sorry to say this, Alan, but in here, I am a fantasy. Alan is like, fine, you're abandoned. Bye. <laughs> I don't care. And but Barry's not having it. No, what I'm saying is the only way you're getting into that cabin is through me. Oh, sugar. It's one of those kill your darlings things, and I know that's tough for you, but what does that say if you're this desperate to keep yourself from getting better? He shifts into a shadowy form. Barry is taken. An axe appears in his hand. Here we go. I'm earning a 15% commission. The fight with Barry is pretty standard. Uh, you light him up, shoot him, whatever. Uh, but some of the stuff he says is kind of brilliant. So hey, the Brooklyn Bridge. Pretty much. Uh, he's like, it's great that you made an imaginary friend and then you can't even get along with that guy. People skills, Al. You're a master. Yeah, right? very good. Or let's crack that writer's block of yours, Alan. And I have several lawyers on speed dial just because I never know when you get in trouble again. You know what kind of people need that? Gangsters and assholes, and you're not a gangster because they make money. <laughs> oh my god. How does it feel to know that you, you have to pay your best friend to hang around you? You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's really grim, yeah. These are presumably Alan's internal, like, mm -hmm. um, insecurities 
coming yes. to coming to voice. This is these are two. Well, yes, yes, but simultaneously, remember he did do the exact same thing with the cardboard cutout a while ago. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He did, yeah, but I think I think it's almost like that speech from Barry with the cardboard is less brutal than that, and it was it was more like that little bit of ribbing from Barry. Alan has really taken that and internalized it, and it's now become this. Is this mm-hmm. how you see me, Barry? Is this our friendship? Is this what this boils down to? Now, to be fair, I would argue that what Barry is is. He likes his money. Sure, man. Whatever, right? But at the same time, he stands by his friend. He's literally literally driven himself into a horror film to, like, come and help him. Yeah, 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 exactly. And this is why I love Barry. Like, Barry is a flawed character that has the great endearing factor of loyalty to his pal. And Alan has overlooked that loyalty. And what he's seen is, you don't like, nobody likes me. I am a bad person, etc., etc. And we've joked about, well, absolutely, yeah, but we've joked about Alan being a bad person. But... In this place, in the dark place, that's what these two episodes are about. It's your worst fears coming true, your worst insecurities. They are now internalized and pushed back onto you to essentially set yourself into a psychotic breakdown. That's what's happening. Um, And it's brutal. It is. Like, we're joking about the Barry stuff, but this is horrible. Like, if this was either of you standing there with an axe screaming stuff at me, I'd have a whale of a time. So, and whale not in a bad, not in a good way. So, Alan fights Shadow Barry. Shadow Barry. And he beats him, right? He kills him. Nega Barry. Nega Barry. He's harder than Xehanort as a boss fight, by the way. He's harder than, he's harder than Sephiroth. He takes, yeah. Honestly, he takes many a bullet. Um, And finally, we make it inside the cabin. Up to the study, the room with the typewriter, once again, right back. And what he sees, he sees himself, a shivering, gibbering wreck on the floor, moaning, terrifying, he takes a deep breath and merges with his irrational self. He sits down at the typewriter, thinking that leaving this place would be hard, maybe even impossible. It wouldn't take much for his thoughts to stray again. It was too easy to get lost in the dark place, but he would find a way. He'd write a sequel to Departure. The camera pans up to the typewriter as we hear the iconic line, My name is Alan Wake, and I'm a writer and see the page on the typewriter. A new story, titled, Return. My name is Alan Wake, Alan says once more. And I am a writer. And the credits roll. So is that Alan Wake too? Okay. This is the, we're almost there. Is this American Nightmare? We're about to get into American Nightmare. Which is Return. Nope. Okay. <laughs> no, sorry, no, sorry, Chase. Absolutely. What I will tell you is that Return hopefully is Alan Wake 2. For Alan's sake, I hope it's Alan Wake 2. Because if it ain't, bro, <laughs> what is Remedy doing? Uh, because we're about to get into what we all thought was going to be Alan Wake 2, and it wasn't. It was just a DLC. Hey, it's Editing Monty interrupting. This episode of Lore Dump isn't sponsored, but if you've made it this far and are enjoying the spookiness of Alan Wake's story, then Neil, Chase, and I wanted to make a quick recommendation for a show that we love. Friends of the channel, Folkslore, have a horror podcast. Well, podcast might not be the right term for it. It's an audio drama. It's weird and creepy and pretty cool, so we wanted to share a little snippet of season two with you. This is for two reasons. Number one is we think there might be a crossover of interests. And number two, the real reason, is because we just think it'd be funny if Folkslore's audience gets overtaken by Lore Dump's audience. Take a listen, and links below if you're interested. Block one, block two, block three. She pulls the chair over the floor under the handle, shoves the broom upside down over the window. 
A pillow on the couch covers the slit that shows the hallway light. Something's giving her a fright, and like every night, she's checking every corner. Folkslore Season 2, coming March 5th, 2023. So that brings us to part eight, American Nightmare, which is an expansion. Okay, so you bought this separate, you can play this separate from Alan Wake. The other two bits of DLC require you to buy Alan Wake as extra episodes. You can buy So this is a standalone. Standalone. So let's talk about Alan Wake's American Nightmare. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> love that. I'm liking the flannel. Uh, we've got Alan Wake in kind of a hero pose. Mm. In his left hand, he's got his trusty flashlight. In his right hand, he's got a nail gun. Yeah. A smoking massive, nail gun. A smoking nail gun with a massive magazine on it. It feels like if you were like a pop punk kid as a teenager, but you're now in your like your thirties. Like he's still got that like it's, purple it's, and it's white checkered cool. flannel. It's like an alternate universe, Alan, isn't it? Because mm, it he's is. like, uh, yeah. So let's talk about. Honestly, it I'm not gonna lie. It looks like what I'm gonna look like as a dad in my thirties. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit like what I look like today, to be honest. So, uh, just with more hair. So with more with 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 the hair on the head as opposed to the chin. He's not as handsome as you. Thank you. Uh, so let's get a wee bit meta for a second. Um, so Remedy started working on Alan Wake Two almost immediately after the DLC came out. They released some test footage that showed a refined combat system, Alan fighting some Taken outside of a motel in the desert, but it ultimately was left on the cutting room floor. The team simply, in Sam Lake's words, couldn't get it right. Ironic, considering Alan is stuck in the dark place with writer's block right now. So, yeah, yeah. You're gonna see, Sam Lake really pours quite a lot of himself, I think, into a lot of Alan Wake stuff. Um, so, most importantly, they could not get the funding from Microsoft to continue. So when Alan Wake came out, it was an Xbox 360 and PC exclusive. It didn't release on PlayStation because Microsoft owned the rights to all Remedy content. Remedy eventually kind of shed off those shackles. That's why Control was on PlayStation. It's why Alan Wake 2 will be on future stuff. But Quantum Break, the next game, which we will get to, um, that, that was on Xbox and PC as well. That was a launch title for the Xbox. Well, not a launch title, but early days for the Xbox One. Uh, so they were basically told by Microsoft, Alan Wake didn't make enough, mo enough money. Start working on something else. And I will talk to you about what that something else was, Quantum Break, and what that looks like when we talk about Quantum Break, because honestly, the behind the scenes stuff is arguably more interesting than the game. So, while they started planning their new game, a small part of the team took the system and combat from the scrapped Alan Wake 2 and released Alan Wake's American Nightmare in 2012. And they started promoting it with some live action trailers. <laughs> this is from a video called simply Mr. Scratch Trailer that appeared one day out of the blue, Shadow released on Remedy's YouTube page before American Nightmare came out. Mm. It's a live action 50 second montage of Mr. Scratch in a motel room, dancing around to Poets of the Fall, otherwise known as the Old Gods of Asgard, the happy song, which goes like, uh, it's, it's, it's a song which goes like, I told you I'm a psycho, you knew I'm a psycho. It's like really quite gravely and intense as music. Sounds happy. Mm, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's interspliced with footage of him straight up just murdering a guy with a bag on his head. The trailer ends with Mr. Scratch screaming at the screen, You can't write your way out of this one, Wake. You don't get to change the ending. And then the camera like cuts to black as it falls to the ground, right? Mm. Then they release something else. 
This is from a video called, and I quote, Mr. Scratch sales video. And it is, yeah, it is amazing. So it's Ilka Vili, which is the Finnish actor who is the physical model for Alan Wake and Mr. Scratch, with Matthew Peretta, the voice actor for those characters, dubbed over him. I want you specifically to remember Matthew Peretta, who will become important when we cover Control later, okay? It's a video where Mr. Scratch reacts to reactions to a preview of Alan Wake's American Nightmare. <laughs> Hello, Internet, he says. You've been talking about me. Here's Destructoid, he says, reading the comment on screen. They say, Mr. Scratch is brilliant as Alan's psychopathic alter ego made flesh and serves as one of the more believable and memorable examples of a purely evil antagonist in recent history. Now, I really want to hammer home that before this, all we knew about Mr. Scratch was that one scene in Alan Wake where Thomas Zane goes, this is Mr. Scratch, your friends will meet him after you go, and Alan, Mr. Scratch like grins at him a bit menacingly. That's all we had. This was our first exposure to Mr. Scratch. Live action being this weird psycho on screen. That's all we knew. So he's, he's up there. So yeah, he's like, oh my god. And then he looks, so he looks at the camera after reading Destructoid's comment, and he says, and I quote, Purely evil? Thank you, sir. But I'm just what the people want me to be. Like, he's, he's, he's pantomime villain. He's great. But some pictures accidentally get into the wee PowerPoint presentation he's giving. Um, a picture of Mr. Scratch covered in blood. Um, and he goes like, holiday photos. And I, I don't have them here, I'm afraid. But he goes, holiday photos. I won't go through the whole video, but you get the idea, right? It was fun, but for a lot of us, that was literally the first time we saw Mr. Scratch in action. Uh, confirmation that he is somehow Alan's evil alter ego, whatever that means. Um, so that brings us to Alan Wake's American Nightwear, an expansion, not a sequel. It is hokey and not scary and kind of just a weird horde mode, and it's not very good. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna is, say is, is this just like all the cutter room floor stuff kind of bundled? It's it's what they hoped Alan Wake 2 would become. Thankfully, I'm glad we waited for Alan Wake 2. Because I'm glad so I was telling Chase we're we are hearing that Alan Wake 2 will be a proper survival horror. It's yeah. gonna link into control and stuff. It's all gonna be very cool. If Alan Wake 2 looked anything like this, I would have been disappointed. Put it that way. So what I will say is But it's a hokey DLC, it's cool. Whilst I don't think that it was Remedy's intention to release like a half-baked horde mode. Um, it's kind of the point, I think, so it doesn't matter. So we open with a voiceover, not by Alan Wake, but instead by the narrator of the TV show Night Springs. Okay. We see it flash up on screen that Alan Wake, in fact, wrote this episode. This episode of Night Springs is brought to you by the writer, Alan Wake. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Right, and it comes up on screen. The narrator states, the man, and this is how he sounds, sounds, the man has been brutally spat out from the darkness that surrounds the shores of our reality. He has come to fight a decisive battle in Night Springs. And as he says it, it comes up on screen. Alan awakens in what seems to be a junkyard, no longer wearing his leather jacket with the elbow patches, classic writer look. Uh, instead, he's in a nice flannel shirt, as you pointed out. Uh, he runs to a motel called the Desert Shore Motel in the middle of a desert. Where exactly we are is kind of uncertain, and when he arrives, he meets a friendly face. A sexy car engineer called Emma Sloan. Muse blasts out of the car she's working on because she has terrible taste in music. Oh no, he's also got... 
He's also got one of those classic, like, Western, like, mm. massive belt buckles and a leather belt. A Texas. With uh, a big, like, Texas. You're missing the point that she's listening to Muse, and therefore, the worst character like, in all of like gaming. To explain. I've, I've, I've known Monty for I a like long Muse. time. The vitriol he has for Muse, he, he retains garbage. for very few other things. Categorical garbage. Why? Do you like listening to music that doesn't have consonants, Chase? And also, can you describe to me a song by Muse that doesn't sound like... Because I bet you can. Why is that a bad thing? Because it's, it's all the same song. You listen to one muse, you listen to 50 muses. Also, consonants are important in lyrics. Oh, if no. you're going to write lyrics, let me understand yeah, your lyrics. I, I quite like their second album. Uh, Nights of Sidonia is a fine That's song. Nice. Their fourth album. Yeah, no, I'm just saying that, that like, sorry, I mean, Muse has released a fine album, which is Nights of Sidonia, and everything else is... It's not the name fine. of the album. You got Whatever that wrong. It's that Black Holes, that's Black Holes and Revelations. It doesn't matter, right? I'm not a music expert. Oh, well, you're, you're a bigger fan than I am. <laughs> I was when I was Oh, and he said you're defending them, Mr. No Consonants, right? <laughs> Don't be one of those people like, you like them, name all their songs. Name all their albums. Uh, and, no, and, and music has to be the way I like for it to be good music. No, it does, it, it does. In darkness and, and the magic is yeah, activating yeah, yeah, yeah. because the music isn't the way he so wants which, it. Yeah. No, it's just because it's bad music, so, so it's fine. Boring music, it's uninteresting music. People like what they like, right? Like, yeah. it's fine. It's Shut up, the two of you be so passive. Let me be, uh, let me be extreme in my, <laughs> no, gonna, in my music. We're gonna, music. We, were passive, we were passive during the depressing one, now the hokey one is here and we're fucking Listen, mad. listen, listen, listen. Comments. Back me up. Muse are crap, right? The comments aren't going to back you up. We're going to move on. They're one so, of the most famous bands of all time. It doesn't matter. They're crap. So, sexy car engineer, right? You're missing the point. Sexy car engineer, we can see her bum, so therefore she's sexy. Oh, uh, her name is Emma Sloan, uh, so she's listening to Muse. She's tinkering with her car. Look at her go. So, Alan's like, oh, and when, she, when he sees her, she turns and says, weirdly, you remember me, right? And he's like, I think you might have something that belongs to me. And she says, oh, yes, a manuscript page. I don't know how you knew I had it, but here you go. It says something weird about a satellite. And she hands it over. Oh, Alan replies, you should know that we haven't actually met before. And she goes, sure we have. Remember, you stayed at the Desert Shore Motel years ago. No, Alan says, the guy you're talking about just looks like me. Oh, says Emma. Now you mention it, your aura looks a lot nicer than his, actually. <laughs> I'm very sensitive to things like that. He's bad. You're not like him at all. What's going on? I like Emma. <laughs> is, this, is this verbatim? It's pretty much verbatim. Oh, yeah. I like Emma. Yeah, it's, it's also this weird vibe. Between like... this and the muse, I love Emma. <laughs> You're going to hate muse by the end of this. Uh, so... Um, so yeah, so so blah blah blah. She's like, oh my god, I met a weird guy. That looks like you. He seems bad, but your aura is so rocking. You're so handsome. I love you. And Alan's <laughs> like, the page you gave me is a formula for rewriting reality. Either I use it to close a strange portal to a pl either I use it to close a strange portal to a place. I was about to say, I'm, I'm sat, I'm sat here like a trange portal. Oh, like, is this some sort of concept that was like, is this a concept from like another game that was just brought I'm, in? I'm like, like, how long is it was the fact, it was the fact he took a beat before he said it. He took a beat to read it and then said it wrong. It's, it's, I, I, purely for a hot second, I was like, has there been like a 10 year jump? Yeah. Alan Wake is now some sort of super like, 
<laughs> a mega SCP knowledgeable yeah. superhero. He knows everything. Trans portals are his whole thing. He's tracking place. down the pages everywhere. Oh, he's still sorry, the sorry, sorry. The trans portal oh, opens and what happens? Beautiful. Please continue about the trans portal. <laughs> Either I use it to close up a, a trans portal to a. <laughs> To a place that isn't our world. Strange portal to a place that isn't our world. Or shadowy serial killer monster things keep pouring out of there. And that is literally what he says. Okay. Well, I'm getting out of here if there are monsters about, says Emma. But Alan's like, nope, don't do that. Stay in the light where it's safe. Stay here. Your garage has light bulbs. Yeah, do don't well. go near that trance portal. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, nah, I'm going to wander out into the darkness. I don't care. Also, if you're going out there to fight monsters, maybe you should take a few of my crystals with you. They soothe your energies oh, and help like focus Emma. your mind. Emma's my favorite. Just handing out crystals. Who does that? That's lovely. I know. They're normally really expensive. Well, yeah. Alan looks at her and he's like, just because I'm a writer doesn't mean I believe in everything. And he sets off without the crystals. Fucking hell. <laughs> his fucking <laughs> Asshole. Be careful with the fucks. Sorry. His, his loss. I mean, he, Emma was trying to help. He's going to die now. So, as if he wanders far, uh, as he wanders far, we hear Emma scream, the darkness gets her. Oh. This is Alan's fault. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't have happened if he had taken this yeah. crystal. So, that, that's our mission. This is the DLC, right? Collect three items needed to rewrite reality and defeat Mr. Scratch. It's like a valve, a battery, and a carbine rifle or something. It doesn't matter what they are, right? They're Terrible. really, yeah, they're not important. Uh, but This sounds like a fantastic Alan Wake too. Yeah, don't ask for more detail. Look, you're not getting it. So, he gets the objects and goes to a nearby oil, oil field to rewrite reality. He goes to the oil field, puts the valve in, powers up a radio tower... Um, and a muse plays again while a bat satellite in space breaks apart. Which song is it? Which song is it, Monty? It. It is, it, is it one that goes... <laughs> it's, probably, yeah, it's probably the one that goes... <laughs> Whoa, so, whoa, 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 watch out. The copyright flags are going to get you. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. so, so listen, For so, all of their songs, apparently, will get flagged. <laughs> you are missing the point of how ridiculous this is. He collects three objects, goes to the radio tower, puts a battery into the radio tower, mm -hmm. Muse suddenly plays, cool. we see a satellite in space break apart, yeah. crashes into the radio tower, and the mission complete, I guess? This seems fine. I'm cool with that. Do you know what's happening? Because I don't. I don't know what's happening. I assume this is some sort of dream or nightmare, so it doesn't matter. No, it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's an American nightmare. So, so next stop is a nearby diner. Um, as Alan enters, it's a mess. The Night Springs voiceover returns. The scene. Traces of violence. A callous midnight snack. A room key left carelessly behind. The man recognises the enemy's handiwork. Oh, is this, is, is this him trying and failing to write escape? Mr. Scratch has been here. Alan picks up the keys. That would be a good, like, meta commentary when they get to Alan Wake 2 and they're like, how do we justify American Nightmare? This is like, he's got like, all of the, all the, the one, all of the yeah. failed manuscripts in a corner. One of them just says American Nightmare on yeah, the top. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mr. Scratch has been here. Okay, this is what this chaos sign is. Alan picks up the keys and he heads back to the motel, letting himself into Mr. Scratch's room where we see a dead guy on the floor. Are we to assume that he has been like chasing Mr. Scratch down for years at this point? Mm -hmm. Your guess is as good as mine, man. I'm just reading what I've got. I can't wait. <laughs> this yeah, is American you, Nightmare. You've played all that. Yeah, I'm just telling you. Man, you know the interviews. I'm just telling you American Nightmare. So... He's, there's a dead guy on the floor. He's dressed in clothes that bear the name of a local observatory, the Mount Red Tooth Observatory. So that's his next stop. So he goes there. So when Alan arrives, he meets another new face, a sexy scientist called Rachel Meadows. 
Sexy is subjective. That's no. in the eye of the beholder. Sexy side is called Rachel Meadows. I'm getting like... I'm getting Jesse from Control. No. Purely because she's, like... she's a redhead. I can't believe you dare show your face around here again. But Alan is like, God damn it. It's Mr. Scratch. It's not me. I, I, it's a bad version of me. <laughs> just can we get over this? I want to move on to the next part of the story, please. They're very, right? they're very quick to just accept that. Oh, yeah. Different guy looks like you. Fine, he has a cool. different aura, apparently. Yeah, 100%. Rachel is like, fine, you're right. You're not like him at all. You're so cool and good and this is some la- This is some lazy writing. Mm. Listen, there's a weird signal being transmitted here. Tonight springs. It's the strangest thing. It's quite elusive. And I, and, and then Alan is like, do you always wear a slinky black dress to work? Uh, and Rachel is like... And then Rachel's like, mm, yes, I was at a party, an art gallery, but I left because the stars, it looks like... Like they're going out. That's weird. Anyway, my telescope's broken or whatever, and those things are running around. Can you fix it? And Alan agrees to help. Imagine you are in your job, whatever anyone out there, whatever your job is, you're on with a co-worker and a strange man comes in and says to your co-worker, do you always come in wearing something like that to your work? You would Kick that guy the F out of wherever you work. I sure, I sure hope they would. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Alan agrees to help, um, and as he leaves the observatory, a screen flickers into life, and Mr. Scratch finally says hello. Hi! He's in his motel room. Oh, it's the, <laughs> the live-action version. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we, yeah. He's in his motel room. It sounds like there's a party going on in the room next to him. Hey, buddy, I figured I'd take a moment to talk to you. Listen, this whole thing between us, it's a little weird for me, too, you know? I mean... We don't just look the same. There's a lot we share. I know you, right? I was thinking maybe we could... The party gets loud, too loud. It drowns out what Mr. Scratch wants to say. He smiles. He takes a telephone cord and wraps it around his fist. Never mind! He leaves the room and we hear the party turn to screams of terror. Oh. The screen cuts out. Well, gosh. Alan fixes the lab tech and uh, Rachel looks at some monitors and she's like, it looks like the signal is coming in and interacting with our systems, but it's like incomplete or whatever. This is, I don't know. And Alan's like, huh, it looks like this is just how the story goes. And then the signal prints out. It's more story written by Alan. We don't get to read it, but yup, it's incomplete anyway. So who cares? It leads Alan to a nearby drive-in theater. It's our next destination. At the drive-in theater, Alan meets... You seem like you love this game. Uh, like I, I am being. This I, is this is giving me with Dark Road. I'm giving you as much information as the game gives me. Like I'm really trying with with what what I was given. I can sense that there might be some interesting takeaways from all this, but oh, there isn't. Anytime Mr. Scratch is on screen is interesting. Yeah. Everything else is a waste of time. So anyway, uh, on to the next thing. So he goes to the drive-in theater, but there uh, he meets a sexy woman. She doesn't get a name. Why are um, all the women sexy because, in your eyes? No, they are all sexy women. They all flirt with Alan, and they are all designed so to be right, like, okay, yeah, yeah. So is this, this is sorry to interrupt again. This is like a sirens thing, then, is it? This is like a stay I, here with us. I love you're giving that a uh, level of input. I don't think so. Uh, no, I think that it's hokey. Don't think on this purpose. is referencing the Odyssey. You don't know. Okay. Uh, I think he, that this is a literary classic itself. Well, <laughs> it doesn't need to reference anything well, he, else. Well, he arrives, and honestly, either of you, one of you, just take the... She, she turns to him and she says, quote, and why don't you just take it? Like, go ahead. Why don't you I love you so much. Did you know that love hurts? Are you going to hurt me now? 
Because you should. <laughs> I sorry, I was reading it as I was saying it for the first time. Yeah, so it's like, oh my god, you're here. Mm, That's my real daddy. voice, by the way. I put on an accent for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so she's like, oh my god, you're here. I love you so much. Hurt me, daddy. Love her so much. Oh, you should hurt me. Yeah, pretty no, sure she. No, I'm. She didn't I, say that. Pretty sure she does. No, I, I, I'm. Said. I'm only half kidding. <laughs> So, no, uh, Alan is weirded out, so he leaves her. So are we. <laughs> yeah. So he goes to turn the power on to banish the darkness, and while he does, he hears a radio transmission. It's Night Springs Radio. The speaker is like, and we're back with the old gods of Asgard and their manager, oh, Barry Wheeler. Oh, yay. Guys, you're on a comeback tour. How's it going? And Barry is like, they were jumping at the bit. They're so gassed to be back on tour. And uh, we hear the Anderson brothers. These, but they sound a little bit confused. Oh. We were retired. Wait, no, we weren't. We were at the Logic Cauldron Lake. Were we? Oh, yeah. There were like shadows or something. So Alan turns the lights back on and sexy woman, whatever her name is, gets snapped out of her horniness. She's like, oh, God, thank you. That guy that looks like you is in my head. I feel like I need to take like 50 showers. Yeah, hey, wait a minute. You're Alan Wake. We have a film here from your wife. She makes good movies. She made a short film. You're in it. It's almost like a memorial of sorts. You're supposed to be dead, by the way. People say they've seen you, but I'm guessing that's Mr. Scratch. You're not like him at all. You're a goodie, and he's a baddie. I can tell. Aura. And uh, e- Exact words. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, again. Word for word. Almost essentially exactly what she Everybody does. in this town reads auras. As Alan plans his next move, reality warps again. And suddenly he's lost in the darkness. The scene shifts to live action and we hear Mr. Scratch's voice. You've been up to something, haven't you? Too bad it's not going to do any good. And I'm better than you than you ever will be. And I've got all the time in the world. Everything you've got is going to be mine. Your life, your wife. And Alan's like, show yourself, you wank. And Mr. Scratch is like, Fine. He walks out. A billow of black smoke follows. Mm. It rushes Alan. I like this. Alan passes out and he awakens. Back in the desert. He he, he wakes? How many times does Alan wake? Quite a few in this one. <laughs> so Alan wakes back in the desert. He finds his way back to Emma's garage. She's... Alive. Yay! Weird. I thought she was taken by the darkness. Maybe this time he should take her crystals. Mm. It's a mystery. Yeah. What's happening? Well, we don't have to worry about it for too long because literally five seconds in the conversation, Alan just states straight out that clearly they're stuck in a time loop and the story has been reset. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, that's Thanks, game. Straight in. So he destroys the satellite again. Muse plays again. It's bloody... (laughs) Yeah, do you like Muse? Hope you're enjoying the Muse. Uh, he goes to the observatory again. He gets another message from Mr. Scratch on the screen again, who shows him all of his murder tools, a uh, hammer, a knife, etc. He's like, I don't like to use guns. I take pride in what I do. We don't want to be worthless hacks, do we? Uh, he meets Rachel again, who's like, huh, this is deja vu. This is weird. Uh, do we rem- do we know each other? And Alan's like, no, it's not deja vu. We're caught in a time loop. God. <laughs> Don't worry why, about it. why does nobody ever listen to me? He fixes the telescope, gets the signal again, all good to go. He goes back to the drive-in, meets sexy woman again, doesn't like it, turns the power back on, and what he does, he gets another transmission oh, from Mr. Scratch. That line's even worse. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, no. Yeah. I don't want to read that one out. No, you don't have to. It's okay. It, she says some horny stuff to him, and it's all uncomfortable and weird. So, and like, the, the, con- the, the, the context is uncomfortable. The words she says are fine. The context is uncomfortable because, yes. you know, implications yes. of things that we can't say or else we'd be demonetized. So, next. So, he does the whole thing with her, and then when he does, he gets another transmission from Mr. Scratch. He's holding a photograph of Alice. I want to talk about Alice. Mr. Scratch says. Just look at her. She's really beautiful, isn't she? Your wife. Well, our wife soon. Don't worry, I won't treat her like the others. She's special. If I wanted her dead, she would be. So talented. You haven't seen her new work, of course. You're stuck here, but it takes my breath away. She's seen me a couple of times. I've let her catch glimpses. She thinks she's imagining things, of course. I'll go to her, be a good husband for as long as I can stand it. She'll love it. The darkness swirls around and Alan finds himself back in the dark place again. This is the only thing you've got now, Mr. Scratch says. From here to eternity, no matter how many times you come back, the darkness engulfs Alan again. He's able to hold on just a little longer this time, but eventually the time loop resets. More muse! Yeah, I'm not going to go over all again. Uh, Alan repeats the loop. Mechanic, satellite, muse, scientist, sexy woman. But at the observatory, something does happen that is worth telling you. So let's just jump into the time loop a little bit. Uh, So Mr. Scratch appears on the TV screen and he says something really interesting. I'm not just wearing your face, you know. It goes a lot deeper than that. There's a lot of you in me. All the best parts. At first, I was just an idea, but they kept telling all those stories about you. You already had that rep. And then you disappeared mysteriously. I want to flash your minds back momentarily to Alan Wake. Um, after he sought Dr. Hartman, um, Barry's like, what are you doing, Al? We don't want another repeat of that thing with the paparazzi. And in Alan's, and in Alan's uh, sort of memory of Barry, Barry's like, oh, I've got to keep all these lawyers' numbers around for everything that happens about you. Yeah. So it's like the, the, the joke almost that you guys had of like him flying off the handle, just socking people whenever he likes it. Alan has a lot of deep-seated And anger. we've seen him be unreasonably angry to Alice, yeah. like, on a, on a whim, on sort a whim. of on a, on a, on a hair-trigger almost. And I want to be very, very clear, no evidence ever that anything happens to Alice. No, no. Loving husband, yeah. loving relationship, you but know. He a, but he has, he has a temper, he has difficulties, he has a darkness in him, and that is what the game is explicitly stating to us. And it's almost a bit of a response to people who played the game who went, Alan's a little bit of a dick. And again, I would argue that it's always been the point. Uh, there's interviews with Sam Lake where he's like, before the game comes out, and he's like, I'm a little bit worried that people won't like him. Like, not like him, but like playing as him. He's not a nice guy, and that's kind of the point, and blah, blah, blah. This is all before the first game came out. The point was to create a very complex, deeply flawed man and give him a journey, and here's what will happen. So just wanted to flag that. that This is what Mr. Scratch says, like, you've got a lot of darkness in you, and I'm just the embodiment of all that, right? So he's saying all that. And then those stories about bad, crazy Alan Wake came true, he says. And here I am. That's the best part, isn't it? You can always count on Cauldron Lake. I'm just as real as you are, and I'm the improved version. No fears, no doubt, no weaknesses, no self-deception here. I don't let anything drag me down. I know it bothers you I'm like this, but I only do it because I'm better being you than you ever were. He's Alan Wake now with more murder. CW's favourite. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm very curious as to what 
scratches. So I can I, I can't give you an answer, but I can tell you is my theory because really that's about as much information as you're gonna get yeah, ever yeah. up until Island Wait 2. My takeaway is what 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 Mr. Scratch thinks he is, and that's important. What Mr. Scratch thinks he is is he Cauldron Lake created him because there are a bunch of stories out there about bad, crazy, violent Alan Wake. All of the bad stuff he did in the newspapers, the paparazzi, you feed that stuff into Cauldron and Lake. Cauldron and Cauldron Lake makes things real. Yeah. And so it, what it does is it takes all the bad stuff, all the paparazzi, all that story, all the stories, you feed it into Cauldron Lake, and Cauldron Lake produces what it reads. And what it reads is Alan Wake, but psycho. So boom, Mr. Scratch born. And now, now you've got a serial killer, him running around. And I think that's interesting. And Fair enough, how does that follow storytelling rules? Exactly. I think that Mr. Scratch doesn't understand his own origin. I don't think we're supposed to take him at his word. Same. And I'm also wary how hokey all of this is. Yeah. So really take everything with a... I'm curious if he absolutely understands his origin and we just don't understand the rules of how Cauldron Lake works. Also a possibility. Honestly, also a sincere because possibility. Again, there have been so many examples of things that break the rules of mm -hmm. what we understand Cauldron Lake to do. But they've all been punished for it, I would say. Okay, but who's to say that he's not being punished in some way? Well, well Alan is being punished. No, 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 no. Oh, scratch. scratch. Totally fair. And, and who's to say that it needs to be writing or that, you know, the bad in the world isn't the punishment overall? I don't know. I Trump. I will, I will tell you. Un unrelated, and you feel free to not answer this until the end. Do we know, is Scratch going to be in Alan Wake 2? I don't know. I hope so. Um, because I hope that they're not done with Scratch, and I so don't think they are. Basically, this doesn't seem to have resolved Scratch. You'll see. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, right, so Scratch is there and he's gloating. It's like, I'm a better you than you ever were. Look at me go. So we complete the loop again, right? We do the full loop again. Uh, Alan gets to the drive-in theater again, but this time, rather than the dark place swallowing him, he's able to pull Mr. Scratch into this world, into the desert. Oh. Mr. Scratch is like, well, this is different, but it doesn't matter. I'll just kill you in this reality. But Alan turns on a movie projector and it blasts Mr. Scratch with light. He starts to peel away. You can't do this. It's my turn now. Your life is my life. My life. And as he does, he bursts into a shocking explosion of light. We cut away. I like all these just random live action bits. Yeah, yeah. Straight up. Quantum break. Uh, yes. And also, again, arguably oh. the point with this. I didn't know that I've not played Quantum Break. Oh, we'll cover it's not that. not really. It's something else. You'll see what that is. Okay. Um, so he bursts into a shocking explosion of light. And we cut away from this and suddenly it's morning and guys this is the end of the expansion huh alice approaches alan as the sunrise sil as the sun as the as the sunrise silhouettes them against a gorgeous backdrop a tranquil piano plays like something out of a daytime tv movie alan is that you H how alan is lost for words i love you alice says i love you Alan says. They kiss passionately. It's a good kiss. God the damn. music is swelling to crescendo, and we hear the Night Springs voiceover one last time. A woman, a man, two lovers, held apart for too long, enveloped in the light of a glorious dawn. They both feel it, his home at last. No, he's not. Are these actual events, or merely a dream, a memory, or a glimpse of what is to come? One thing is certain. This scene takes place in another time, another place. The title's card of the Night Springs TV show flashes up on screen. 
far, far away in Night Springs. Remedy have stated that American Nightmare is not canon. Mm. Oh, have they? Well, not canon in which sense? Because is that not canon in that it's a an Alan Wake written thing that gets thrown out? Not canon in the sense that it's a warped episode of yeah TV that he wrote back in the day, like that's yeah. that's not literally real within the sense of the world. I'm really glad that you were following. not canon in the sense that it's a re- an actual remedy game that wasn't made mm-hmm. that that would have been too and gets mm-hmm. thrown out and that's but it still happens. See the upside thing is. Does that also mean that that's not how it scratches? Well, Scratch presumably isn't Scratch dead. Be, well, no, 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 no. But, but that, I mean, is that not how his personality is? No, I will tell you right now, Chase, that that is one million percent his personality. Oh, thank God. I know that for sure. He is a serial killer, psychopath, evil guy. Okay. Uh, one million and, and, and he's going to be our Mr. Spooky Walking if, Guy in the survival horror. If this, oh, if, this, if this isn't canon, we can assume that Scratch is alive and still out there. I'm hoping he's still Basically, out there. Basically, this... In the sense they say it's not canon, what it means, to my understanding, is it isn't in the timeline of what's happening after episode eight. Yes, that is my Doesn't belief. mean it didn't happen, or it wasn't written. Part nine, I've got here extra fun stuff. Let's get meta, okay? My favourite. So a few <clears throat> pieces... Cute. So a few pieces of Alan Wake media have come out since the first game came out. Okay. There's Alan Wake's American Nightmare, which is basically a random Night Springs episode, it seems. Okay? Then there's the novelization of the game. Oh. Where a few details are oddly changed. I might read this then. Do you want to borrow it? Oh, I would love to borrow it. Be my guest. I'll give you back the other books that I've borrowed Monty Monty has just passed Chase a copy of the book. (laughs) (laughs) Summer Born Tonight. Summerborn to Endless Night. It's actually a pretty decent read. Uh, it's it's very accessible, good wee read. Uh, it's this, but with ex- some extra details. So, there's a novelization of the game where a few details are oddly changed. Nothing oh. major, yeah, nothing major. Nothing which changes the story, but for example, there's a scene where Alan and Alice think they see a UFO on their way to the cabin at the start of the game. Oh. Um, the ending is slightly different. You said aliens five minutes in. And obviously it's not, it's not aliens, but like the fact that that's written in. You could argue it's an alien presence, a supernatural alien presence, yeah. but an alien presence is in capacity. Um, so the ending is slightly different, where Alice is met when she comes up for air at the end after she's rescued. We see nobody on that bridge. She arrives alone. In the book, Sheriff Sarah Breaker is there when she comes up on deck at Cauldron Lake to help her out with the water. As if Sarah... Presumably with no, no idea. But also that's... Just that she, she, she sees a hand, she describes Sarah Breaker's face, and that's so, all we see. Rick Burroughs, who I can see wrote this, mm. was he one of the original writing team for... Nope. Consultation okay. with Sam Lake. Sam Lake read the whole thing and signed off on it. We're going to get to what this means yeah. in a minute. I've got some more stuff to list off to you. So... There's an internet miniseries called Bright Falls. Oh. It follows a novelist called Jake Fisher, who comes to Bright Falls a few days before Alan and Alice arrive. He is eventually taken over by the Dark Presence and is transformed into a random Taken, and that is all that happens. Oh. It is a bit of fun. I think it was a concept for Remedy to show that, hey, do Alan Wake, it can be done. Look yeah. at this. It's pretty decent, and you can watch it on YouTube, and I recommend okay, cool. it. Pretty short, pretty sweet. Quite, quite fun. Um, it's almost as if the dark, the dark presence. Try, he's like, "Ooh, writer," and they try to do him first, but it doesn't work. 
Then, uh, this is where it gets weird, uh, so then we've got the Alan Wake Files, uh, which is a book that came out with the limited collector's edition of the game. It is an autobiographical style book oh. written by Clay Stewart. That's a fictional person. A fictional person. You might remember Clay Stewart from the beginning, episode one, Nightmare. Yeah. Mr. Wake, it's me, Clay Stewart. Remember, the hitchhiker kills him at the start in his oh. dream. Gosh. Somehow they get connected. So I'm allowed to say goddamn. Why have I been correcting myself to gosh darn the whole time? I've been so, saying that for hours. <laughs> in this, uh, so 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 it's, it's weird. This so basically, yeah. Clay Stewart, the guy from episode one, and in it, R Clay writes that he had strange dreams where he was chased by dark, shadowy figures. Mm. In these dreams, he meets a man who shares a striking resemblance to Alan Wake, and the two try to help each other during all of these nightmares. There have been many of them. However, every time they're both dead by the end of the dream. So somehow, certain people seem to be able to be linked to each other in, in dreams and nightmares. Okay. Alan right. Wake 2, where you play as Clay Stewart. <laughs> Give so, us the Clay Stewart game. Well, we're not done with Clay. So Clay goes to, in this book, we learn that Clay goes to Bright Falls after the events of Alan Wake and interviews oh, no. the townspeople. I take it back, Clay, get out of there. Yeah. So in it, um, he, interv he interviews the townspeople and he also finds Agent Nightingale's journal. Which gives us insight to the FBI agent's investigation. It turns out, and this is where this is where you learn why Nightingale is after Alan Wake, which I think is a little bit of bullshit. Should have been in the game, uh, but the information is here, so here you go. Alan, Night, agent Nightingale's journal gives us insight to what he was up to. So it turns out Nightingale had a partner called Agent Finn. Nightingale and Finn were known as the Righteous Brothers, as they did everything by the book. They never even drank alcohol, like very, very righteous, quote-unquote, right? But one day in New York, Agent Finn was taken by a dark presence. In New York. And Nightingale started having weird dreams like Clay Stewart had. Every time he saw Alan Wake in those dreams, he decided he had to track him down to Bright Falls. So... Nightingale is like, oh. Alan Wake must have something to do with why my partner was killed by this weird ghostly presence. So he's, he's been driven kind of crazy by it as well. Yeah. It's weird. And again, bear in mind, then he gets to Bright Falls to like, almost like speak to Alan and confront him. Be like, you're in my dreams and my partner got killed by a ghost or something. Help me. And then as he's there, he finds manuscript pages explaining yeah, what he's about to God, do. Jesus. And he just puts the two together and then starts drinking on the job. And the guy just descends into, I need to track down Alan Wake. But wait, there's more. And this is when it starts to get very meta. There is a blog, a blog you could look up right now, called This House of Dreams, written in 2012, that just inexplicably exists on blogger.com. Like, straight up, you can find this today. It's weird. It is written by a woman called Samantha, no surname, who lives in the town of Ordinary. Not a real town in the United States. We will talk about Ordinary later. Remedy and Sam Lake have never publicly acknowledged this blog, ever. They've been asked about That's it. That's suspicious. They've never publicly acknowledged it. They've, they've been asked about it and they claim they don't know anything about it. But there's so much random information in here that a fan of the first game simply should not and cannot know. As in, there's stuff in here about control. Oh, fuck. And it, they should not know this. For blogs dated in 2012. Simply shouldn't know it if they're a random fan of the game. Okay. 
So across 35 I posts. I love cross-media yeah. stuff like this. It's all very More people weird. should do this. This is great. So across 35 blog posts, Samantha, whoever Samantha is, details a slow descent into madness. It all starts with a shoebox that she details in oh, the no. blog. Yes. Oh, no. <clears throat> Inside are a whole bunch of poems, mm-hmm. two black and white pictures of a couple. The man is wearing a diver's suit. The faces are hidden, though, covered by splatters of black ink. Then the nightmares begin. In the first nightmare, her doorbell rings and a federal agent arrives at her door. But there's something wrong with his face. It's smoky. Like Unre- his- unrelated, but can I put a theory out there? Hit me. You know, yeah. I said that anything in the shoebox will survive. What if he did destroy it, but somehow it got into the shoebox and that's why it survived? Why what survived? The darkness. Mm. Yeah. Because oh, is, is yeah. this why she opened a shoebox and then suddenly it starts having nightmares because the darkness has gone out of that shoebox? Well, like a part of the dark presence was in there. Yeah. That's very cool. I, I Yeah, I like that yeah. a lot. It's one of the eight original darknesses. No. Yeah. Is in the shoebox. So Samantha in her blog talks about the nightmares. Uh, there's something wrong with this and, and she dreams of a federal agent. There's something wrong with his face. It's smoky. It's like it's leaking darkness. He asks her about... Uh, of course, because Nightingale we saw in at the end of Main Island Wake seem to be inhabiting the kind of darkness figure in this new story. Could be, could be Nightingale, and I think that's a really solid theory, uh, not willing to commit to that. Um, so oh. he asks her about the shoebox in the dream. She goes to try and find it, but it's nowhere to be seen. She goes to try and find it, but it's nowhere to be seen. She can't find the shoebox. Suddenly one day it's just there and then it's gone. When she wakes up, two things happen. The first is she can't find the shoebox anywhere. It's not just missing in her dreams, it's missing in the real world. It's gone. The second is that she remembers the federal agent's badge. It didn't say FBI. It said A-W-E. That's the thing from Control, right? I'm trying to remember the one hour of Control I've played. You probably haven't encountered anything like that. Okay, then no, never mind. (laughs) Ignore me. Don't you worry about that. It'll become clear when we get to Control. You're loving this. I am. After countless dozens of hours of you saying, (laughs) we'll come on to this later. (laughs) (laughs) No, my own medicine come back to bite me. It's a bitter pill, my friend. (laughs) What I will say is that there was a theory that came out when people started learning about this blog long before Controller Quantum Break. The AWE stands for Alan Wake Experience. That was the theory at the time. I'm not going to tell you if that theory is true or not. We'll get to there another day. She has other nightmares too, where shadowy faces appear and she sees a man that looks a lot like Alan Wake, but he's not always, he's not in every nightmare. He almost like flits into random ones and they're always like passing. Does she specifically mention the name Alan Wake there? She's a man that looks like Alan Wake's known. So it's like a man that looks like Alan Wake is what she says. So this is this is meant to be like in universe. This isn't like, oh, I played the game Alan Wake. And oh my gosh, it looks like the video. Who knows? This could be a fan that just got really lucky, but the stuff in here, unless they were an insider with knowledge of control, ordinary is important to control. There's numerous bits in here that they should not know unless they want to. Oh, I think my assumption would be this is... I think it's a member of the dev team. I think it's Sam Lake having a bit of fun with fans. I I would argue. And I think there's so much in here that you could argue that. Um, Again, you get photographs in these blogs. I don't have them here, but like photographs of a shoebox with pictures that look like Barbara and Thomas Zane. Like they've gone out of their way to create props for this blog. It's crazy. So anyway, next. 
So she has nightmares where Alan Wake seems to pass through them uh, occasionally. Uh, she finds the shoebox again, and then she gets a call from someone. Someone sounding very official. They say they're going to come by and collect it and ask her to stop writing the blog. Her last entry is in July of 2012. She has another dream, not a nightmare this time, where she's visited by Thomas Zane. He des she doesn't know it's Thomas Zane. She describes a man in a diver suit. She describes a battle with a dark presence. When she awakens, she feels good. Oh, no. Like, really good. Her last lines are, I know it might take a long time before it does happen, but no matter how long it takes, I'll be here, waiting. Oh, dear. Well, that's the dark presence now. Out of Barbara, into our poor, poor blog writer. Potentially. Or maybe Thomas Z is supposed to be Thomas Zane was a calming presence for her. And he said, don't worry. Things, we will fix this. That is, a, that is a menacing last, last blog post. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, next, we're not done. A comic book called Night Springs. It follows Frank Breaker, father of Sheriff Sarah Breaker. It opens with Barry calling him just like he did in episode five when Sarah gave him the list of names to call. And uh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that was never resolved. Nope. So we see his journey into Bright Falls to help his daughter. Uh, we see a conversation just like this. You know, this is the moment when Barry calls. You know, why are you calling me? Is Sarah all right? No, uh, she's busy. She's just busy. So she asked me to... Yeah, okay, fine. But I've never heard of you, son. Are you from the Bureau or something? Like, and then he goes straight to Bright Falls. Doesn't even ask any questions. The, the comic basically follows Frank on his way into Bright Falls. Um, it's, it's really, we don't learn so much. Dull. It is pretty dull. Uh, he gets to Bright Falls to help us. We don't learn anything about wider world from this. It's like a oh. terrible comic. So we see his journey to Bright Falls to help Just his daughter. Frank on a drive and nothing <laughs> happens. Well, wh while, he ref while he drives there, mainly a lot of the comic is made up of flashbacks. Uh, he reflects on the weird stuff he's seen in the town over the years. Like a wolfman and ghosts. And we don't yeah, see that's these. That's pretty weird, to be fair, Sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get you. Yeah. Like, so, and um... we don't see these things. It's not like he stared and a wolfman walked in, but it's like evidence of a wolfman or weird things. It could be ghosts. He's seen like, yeah. the control SCPs. So he eventually gets to the well lit room and he opens it to let Cynthia, Barry, and Sarah out. Because bear in mind, Alan did leave oh, and they locked in there. The yeah, they locked it. So, <laughs> like, so he goes to rescue them. It's basically an explanation of how they got back out of there and didn't okay, starve to death. Cool. So it's fine. It's whatever. It's fun. And finally, Alan Wake Remastered. They released this. Oh, do things change in this? Alan Wake Remasters plays out identically to the story I've just told you. Nothing changes. Except for one thing. Oh, no. okay. There are QR codes in the game. Oh, no. And if you find, you can scan them. Did this game come out in 2013? I mean, what? Yeah, please, we're all about what's, what's the new type of code now? That's not. <laughs> It came out last year and there are QR codes. Doesn't matter. Sorry, Monty. Monty's getting grumpy. Well, we're at the very end. I've got a paragraph left. So if you scan them, you get odd scenes like this. Alan in a dark room with long hair, scraggly hair, writing into a typewriter. And, for example, one of the things he says, the most interesting thing he says, because it's all really, it's a lot of it is nonsense. I was trapped here, he writes. Have been for what felt like years. Outside reality. I wrote to find a way out. I wrote to master this place. Learn its secrets. Use that knowledge to rewrite my reality. So it is my belief, and I am not alone in this, that a lot, if not all, of this supplementary material, like the American Nightmare expansion, mm. is in fact 
failed attempts by Alan to try and write his way out of the dark. That's what I said. Yes. Nice. Uh, you really you got into that theory train very early, and I'm, I thank you for it because it is straight up my belief. It is not set. It is not. Like to be fair, it's the only way going specifically with American Nightmare. It's about the only way that you could write that out of the canon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is saying, oh, it was just a failed attempt. Straight up, because every time they fail, right? American Nightmare is a perfect example. Cause, and they like... fail because he keeps trying to cheat out and cut cut corners. All the weird two-dimensional characters. Is, is, is Alan a crappy writer? Is that what we're... In the at? universe, Alan is a pretty good writer that the writer's block has... But he's heavy on that. metaphors. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, a bit heavy the metaphors, but no, it's, it's not that Alan, uh, he's, not, he's not the next, you know, I don't know, bloody... Hemingway. Hemingway, great one. I, I like, well, exactly, yeah, he's not, he's not one of them, yeah. but he's he's a good writer. He's a Stephen King-level writer where people yeah. love him. He's got a lot going on. I feel like him. King is definitely on the level of a Hemingway or Joyce. I I would argue, agree with you, Um, but he's, he's so popular that it's that way where it's like, are we going to get into the whole rabbit hole of, is he good or is he just accessible and blah, blah, blah. But I agree with you, I agree with you. I um, feel like I he's absolutely going to be somebody who's going to be studied in the same way. Get, give it 50 years once he's dead. Yeah. I'm sorry, Someone Stephen, was, I don't want you to die anytime I soon. Like, I, like, you know I, I like Stephen King. I suppose the difference is neither of the people we mentioned otherwise wrote 500 books. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Monkey the typewriter. He's way too... He's, no, no, I didn't mean that, but I mean, he's way too prolific for it to be studied in any depth by most people. But here's here's the important thing, right? If we're all on board with that theory, and again... If you're listening to this and you have different ones, please drop them below. I love this universe. I love how intangible it is. I love how a lot of it is based off of the metaphor. I love this story. I love everything about it. But the important takeaway from this, whether you believe this theory or not, is since 2010, when the original Alan Wake came out, Mm. Alan has been lost in the dark place, desperately creating fiction to try and get out. And if it fails every time, that means the Mr. Scratch is still out there, And for the past 13 years, fans of this game and this world have been stuck in the world's longest cliffhanger. The second to that is... Until people of Alan Wake 2 and you can just go from... Alan Wake 2 comes out this year. It comes out... Yes, this is why it's so exciting. At the the Game Awards last year, I lost my mind collectively. And you had had hashtag Alan Wake is real (laughs) trending on Twitter because everybody thought it wasn't real. I was texting both of you during the Game Awards. I had no investment in this at this point. Mm. So it happened and I was like... Oh, looks, yeah. looks cool. Yeah. And, and are, you, you mean like you were going nuts in our group We chat. have learned nothing about this since then. They've been very hush hush. Very when hush. When was this? Hush. Um, the remastered was last year. It was. It was a hey, I'm way too coming. Remaster if you haven't. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good yeah. litmus test for them to sort of yeah. see how it's landing. I suppose. All yeah. we know, it's how a it's it right a survival now? horror. That's all we know. As as of right now, how. Trending-wise, does the fan base look considerably bigger these days? Oh, massively. Control. Oh. Control brought a lot of people over because of oh, reasons I can't true. go into, but Control sold gangbusters. So anybody that came away and from Control going, one, this was and good. And it was one of those sleeper hits that sort of over the years anyway sort yeah. of grew, wasn't it? I think I think Alan Wake 2 will do well. Um, I'm hoping we get some answers. I'm hoping they really make it scary. And I'm hoping that it is not just Alan Wake and Bright Falls. We know that Bright Falls will play a factor. And that's fine. Yeah, because the lake. Because the lake, yeah. and because the trailer shows... But it's not just a lake, holes. it's an ocean. Exactly. And we also see... There's more lakes. We see New York. We see a bunch of stuff. We see New York in that trailer. So is right. Alan Wake maybe... So. Go, is, is Alan Wake maybe, and here's a fun idea for you, is Alan Wake maybe going to write Alex Casey into his world? Because he, he's written a hard-boiled crime detective that always wins the day. He needs a hero to help him. So maybe we'll get a little Max Payne in there. Hmm, hmm, hmm. You know, it's a survival horror, but how can... 
camp are they going to make it is a question. You know, it's 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 anything could happen. They yeah. they really are that yeah. mad to try that. That's why this is yeah. so interesting. I, like I love this. Um, but that's where you're at. You guys are officially the, caught. The thing I do like is that they were willing to cancel an entire game because they went, we couldn't get this right, which gives me a lot more trust at this one mm -hmm. Mm. in saying, okay, if, if you're releasing it, you probably think that this is the hit. What I would say to that is Microsoft definitely forced their hand, and I will tell you about that next time. Uh... Lord up! And with that in mind, oh. the lore has been dumped, gents. Uh, thank you very much. And, um, and, and I wonder if we can... I'm depressed now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're going to go and give Chase some aftercare. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I no. wonder if... Uh, in the meantime, Monty, mm. would you roll us a little clip of a little tease of what's to come next, oh, Lord Dump? favourite teasy boy. Absolutely, I will. Even if I fix William's machine, what could you possibly hope to achieve? The end of time is coming. There's no way to- Hey! This isn't a debate. I just watched a ship fast forward through a fucking bridge. Chase, sincere question. Are you a fan of, um, you, you know Game of Thrones? Yes. Uh, is, is, is Littlefinger one of your favorite bits of Game of Thrones? In early oh, 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 you meant, do I know Game of Thrones? Not as in, am I familiar? I've not watched anything past episode four of Game of Thrones. Just this guy. Why did we bring you on this show? <laughs> For Kingdom oh, Hearts. I tell you why we brought it. Because you need somebody to learn of too. Because he hasn't watched, he hasn't played a single triple A Because game. I'm a massive otaku <laughs> and everything I watch comes from Japan. Okay. So with all that in mind, we're going to say goodbye and we'll see you in the next one when we cover... I'm just going to say Quantum Break. It's what? not a mystery. I've teased it the entire episode. All right. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye-bye. We got a comment uh, today, a couple of hours ago. Oh, I didn't see it. While we were here. Which, um, it, I'm not saying this just because it's about me, but it's oh. the context of the comment that, make, that really makes me chuckle. It says, um, get fucked might be the most iconic <laughs> moment in Lore Dump. And I'm like, how are we established enough that we have iconic moments? And the most iconic moment implies there are many iconic moments. <laughs>